This is episode 30 of the Inspired Energy Podcast with Murray Guest. And in this episode, I'm catching up with an inspiring young lady, Sierra Tyler. Now, Sierra is the daughter of Brandon and Annalyn Miller, who are the authors of Play to Their Strengths, a book which is very much all about strengths-based parenting. And no matter where you are in your journey as a parent, as a carer, as a grandparent possibly, the book is full of tips and insights so that you can be more of a strengths-based parent and focus on what's right with your children and creating opportunities for them to play to their strengths. I had the privilege of um, being the MC at the book launch for Play to Their Strengths in Omaha early this year and I got uh, to hear also Sierra talk on stage and I just was so glad to hear her story of what it was like to grow up in a strengths-based family. And now I've got her on the podcast and we had a great chat just talking about what that was like in influencing her um, life with her friends through schooling, leading into adulthood and looking at the world through a lens of her strengths, knowing her strengths and those around her. It's such an inspiring conversation from a young lady. I'm sure is going to go um, and do amazing things in the world. Not that she already hasn't, but just I can see her doing so much. Um, Her dad, Brandon Miller, is the CEO of 34 Strong, which is a strengths-based consultancy firm in uh, America based in Sacramento. And Brandon was on the podcast early this year, and we talked about the work that he does in 34 Strong, partnering with organizations, helping them build strengths-based cultures. And obviously, his work and passion for strengths has come across into their family life. And Sierra references that quite a bit in our conversation. So here we go with episode 30, catching up with Sierra Tyler. Good morning, Sierra. How are you? Good morning or good afternoon. I'm coming from California, but I'm doing great. I know. I just love to, you know, celebrate that I'm in the future, actually. I'm a day ahead. You are. It's um, 3.30 on July 26th here in California. Oh, okay. So I'm about 8.30, so uh, ahead here. Uh, and what's your summer been like in California so far? Okay. So I live on the coast in Southern California, and we actually just had to deal with May gray and June gloom. Uh, so that was pretty what, sad. So, hang, hang on a minute. What are these terms again? May gray and June gloom. Yes. Have you ever heard of that? No. Tell me more. Okay. So in Southern California beach towns in May and June, it's just gray and foggy. There's not really any rain, but the sun, we don't know where it goes. And then boom, July hits and the sun is out and shining. So I am so thankful that it's July. (laughs) So uh, I hope there's like 4th of July, sun comes out. Exactly. Exactly. The sun was shining for the 4th of July out here. Uh, well, that sounds, um, so, and today the sun's out and it's a beautiful summer's day in Southern California. Yeah, it is. And I've just been enjoying the beach and the pool and all of the sunshine that July has had to offer us so far. Um, I'm really looking forward to chatting with you today and we just had a bit of a chat before we started recording and I love your energy and I love the insights that you can share about what your life has been like from a strengths-based focus. Um, 
And I'm just so excited to get the chance to talk to you again. I met you in Omaha earlier this year and, and I honestly say you just lit up the room when you were sharing your story of what it was like to grow up in a strengths-based family and inspiring people, whether they were parents or not parents, but the impact it has when someone creates an environment where people get to focus on their strengths. And if you could describe, before we just unpack it, and I just want to mm-hmm. hear from you, but if you could describe it in just like five words, which is hard for you, I know, but <laughs> <laughs> what, what has a strengths focus meant for you? Having a strength focus for my entire life has really enabled me to have a purpose-driven life. Ooh, okay. And that's it for the podcast, everyone. That was fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I did it in three words. (laughs) (laughs) A purpose-driven life. That is, what what has that meant for you? Um, So you're, may I ask if that's okay? You're in your early 20s. Yes, I am. I am 22 years young. 20, 22 years young. Beautiful. And so for those years, what has that meant for you uh, growing up to have that purpose-driven life? Wow. So for me, I took the strengths assessment that um, I'm assuming many of your listeners are familiar with when I was yep. 12. So for that was 10 years ago. Um, and so for me, I've lived almost half my life knowing my strengths. But I think what was so unique about my childhood was that I didn't just know my strengths, but my parents really helped me to develop those strengths so that once I was launched into adulthood, I was able to deploy them and apply them and use them with purpose. And um, it's really helped me uh, navigate, you know, activities and uh, purpose and work and school. And I really attribute that to, to knowing my strengths and also deploying them. And at school, when you were, say, 12 and you took your strengths assessment, do you still remember what it was like when you first learnt what those talents and strengths were? Oh my goodness, I sure do. So since then, I actually have retaken the assessment once I got into college. But back then, when I was in middle school and I took the assessment, um, my top two strengths were competition and command. And I just remember my dad sitting down with me and reading the report, and he's a strengths um, coach. And he goes, oh my goodness, you are a rare breed. And I was like, (laughs) what? And I didn't quite understand. And then he went through my strengths with me and helped me understand that, um, wow, you're a really strong young lady. And he really just helped me to understand what that meant and um, really helped me feel that passion for leadership and communication um, that came naturally to me. So that was huge um, learning that at such a young age. And teenage years can be a challenge for lots of people. I know I had my challenges as um, lots of people do. For you, do you think knowing your strengths through those teenage years helped you navigate some of those challenges that you face as a teenager? Oh, definitely. So for me, um, as I mentioned earlier, I wanted to take on every leadership position that I could. Um, And I was beset with a lot of challenges. And I just remember um, in 
middle school, I was in middle school leadership and I, and I knew my strengths, but I hadn't developed them into a talent yet. Like they were pretty raw as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. And I just remember I was dealing with um, being called bossy by my peers a lot, especially in the leadership realm. Um, and, and it was definitely because my, uh, my approach to leadership was very commanding and that came very natural to me. And so I was able to, I guess, for lack of better words, get coached and mentored by my parents to understand how to better lead and inspire without coming off, um, demanding and rude, but rather getting a group of people to rally behind something and being able to learn that at a young age was awesome. And it really helped me moving forward into different leadership positions throughout, you know, middle school and high school. Um, it really helped me grow as a leader, but also personal, like personal growth and just relating to people and understanding people. And in those leadership positions, I could imagine if you didn't have those, um, or that understanding of your dominant talents mm -hmm. that it could have been unconsciously just out there trying to maybe dr drive some change, get people on board, but not aware of the impact if you were overplaying those. And right. do you reflect on times or is there a, a scenario or um, a story you could share where you actually went, Oh, I actually need to dial this back a little bit, or I need to dial it up a little bit more, my command or my communication. Oh, yes. So senior year in high school, I had a pretty good handle on um, my strengths and I was I was pretty aware of when I was using them in the basement and in the balcony. And I just remember I was um, the ASB president and that's Associated Student Body President. And so I had about 40 students under me and we were planning um, homecoming. And in um, like California schools or just, I guess, American schools, homecoming's a big deal. Mm. And in our town, we had a parade, we had a dance, we had a rally, we had a bonfire, we had, so there were so many events and my team was putting on every single event in one week. Um, and there were so many spinning plates going on that I almost lost it. <laughs> just trying to make sure that everyone was doing what they were supposed to be doing, that everything was, you know, going perfectly and was going to happen without a hitch. But what, what ended up happening was, is I was able to go home one of the nights and vent to my parents about who, who was showing up and working hard and who wasn't. And what happened was, is I was able to use that stressful week and all of the different things that were going on as an opportunity for my dad to coach me and really help me understand that I can't communicate to every single person on the team the same. Everyone has a different way of receiving. So um, in strengths language, it would be like saying that they're more... Um, more dominant, right? So they're more of an influencer versus, you know, more blue and more relational. And so I was able to learn that from my dad and kind of go back to everyone and approach everyone a little bit differently in the sense that I was able to understand, okay, I can't really expect, you know, you to take the reins on this project. Maybe I should hand that over to someone else. And it was, I just remember that happened at the very beginning of the school year where I really was like, okay, let me step back and see who I'm working with. And mind you, I didn't have everyone take the strengths assessment. This was all just kind of going off my intuition yeah, <laughs> and yeah. understanding, right, of who they were. But it was that approach that really, really enabled homecoming to go off without a hitch. Oh, that sounds so beautiful. And just to add a bit more context, how many people were graduating that year? 
So in um, student-wide, there was about 2,000 students that would be attending, right, all these events. And I had 40 people on the team. And so the events we were planning were very big events. And we had yeah, to deal wow. with the police that, department, the city, permits, you name it. Yeah, that, that I, I can, I'm just trying to understand the scale and then the, the value that that understanding helped for what we talk about. And I don't know if dad's mentioned this around situational leadership, right. uh, de depending on the task and the person, how I'll um, modify my approach as a leader to connect with them. And you describe your strengths, understanding, helping you do that. Right. And, and that definitely is attributed to um, understanding all of the various strengths at a very young age. Um, my dad had all of our strengths listed down the hallway and, and he also had a, the grid, like a grid listing all of the strengths in our hallway, blown up huge. And, and then also categorized. So it enabled me to have a big picture understanding of how different people operate and how different people are. Um, that I think I wouldn't have known at the age of 17 <laughs> if it were for that perspective um, and outlook. What was it like when your friends came over? Was it like, what's this weird stuff on the hallway? Oh, oh let me tell you what it was like <laughs> when friends came over. When friends came over, my dad was so quick to put a laptop in front of them and ask them to take their strengths <laughs> assessment. Um, my dad's way of connecting and trying to help my, my close friends and, and their friends was, okay, let me, let me give you a little, a little coaching session. Let's better understand you. And he would be like, give me, give me 30 minutes. Just take this assessment. And it honestly was so awesome because what I've noticed now in my adult years is that my friends who are now graduated from college, from the university and are navigating, you know, finding a job, they're actually reaching out to my dad for, for almost like strengths coaching consulting on on where they should go and what they should do and and I think that that wouldn't have happened if my dad wouldn't have asked them to take the assessment you know in high school mm, I can totally understand that what did it mean for you with the relationships with your friends when you weren't doing something major like organizing something like homecoming but just some of those interactions with your friends day in day out okay so this is so funny but I actually just used strengths with a friend on the 4th of July. <laughs> but now it's so funny that you bring that up because yeah. I know her strength. She actually went to Azusa Pacific University and they, they have all of their students take the strengths assessment. So she was really familiar with it. And I, she had sent me her strengths. So I kind of knew her strengths. I understand. And we, we got into a, a tiff on the 4th of July. She came down to visit me and I went into my room to really process how I should approach it with her before I approached her on something that she had done because I go okay she is so different than me if my approach is wrong it's gonna emotionally like wreck her so I need to approach her very different than how I naturally want to approach her so I sat in my room and I wrote out okay here's here's a logical approach to how I should go about this because I didn't want to hurt her feelings or hurt her relationship and I understood her strengths and how sensitive she is compared to me and so what ended up happening is that I asked her to come to my room and we were able to have a very easygoing, calm conversation about um, something that had happened in our relationship, something that I felt went wrong. And I was able to talk about her strengths. Like, okay, I understand that you naturally are this way. I'm trying to approach you this way so I don't offend you. But, and I feel like if I didn't know her strengths, I would have 
been very blatant and honest because I, I mean, I just would have been straight up with her. And I think it honestly could have ruined the 4th of July <laughs> <laughs> because she is so um, empathetic and relater and all those things that are at the very bottom for me. Mm. So I had to be very sensitive and channel that. <laughs> I, and I assume from the way you're describing that, that there was a really good result from that conversation. Yes. Oh my goodness. I couldn't have played it out better. Like in my head, like it went so beyond better than what I thought it was going to come out of the conversation. And it was both of us mutually um, understanding each other better, apologizing, moving on. It was just like, all it needed to happen was that we needed to be on the same page. Um, but the delivery really mattered in that moment and knowing her strengths and knowing how different we are naturally was detrimental i think to that conversation and the the bit that you're sharing which i think is so important and beautiful is when we know our strengths that doesn't mean we just blindly go around saying this is me get out of my way mm-hmm. as as the black eyed piece used to say meet me halfway right right maybe yeah. is that is that song reference too old for you i just want to check <laughs> No, I know what you're talking about. And I think, and I think what you're saying is so true. Um, like how you explained in the leadership scenario, um, I can't approach her how I would approach someone just like me, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And that's why I think it's such a beautiful thing, knowing strengths and being able to apply that to family and friendships and in the work environment. Um, because if you let it and you deploy them in everyday life, it can really change. It's a game changer for sure. Mm. So what about with your brothers and sisters growing up and knowing each other's strengths? What did that mean in the household? Wow. Okay. So I would say now that all of us have taken a strengths assessment, it is amazing to see how my parents parent us all differently and how we understand each other so much deeper Um, prior to strengths in our, in our household. um, Like I said, my dad is a strengths coach, but he didn't have us all, take it until later on, I guess you could say. And so until um, us three older kids were teenage years and then my little siblings all just kind of got to the age right now where they could take it. Mm. And for all of us knowing each other's strengths, it has definitely changed how we appreciate each other, but also how we relate to each other. Cause I've, I've just noticed, okay, I have some siblings that are very sensitive, similar to my friend and I'm a very, um, blatant upfront type of person and I'm not empathetic at all. And so it's really helped me connect with them um, on different levels that I don't think I would have because I, when I was younger was such a force to be reckoned with and was so focused on pretty much just, you know, being a selfish child, just trying to get my way that I, I it was very easy for me to burn bridges with them. Um, Whereas now I'm very conscious of approaching them, talking to them and relating to them. And it's also been really cool to um, notice the siblings that I have a lot in common with because then I can't, like I have two siblings, David, I mean, excuse me, Daniel and Michaela that are very competitive and I'm very competitive. Um, comp- competition's number one for me mm. and, and it's really high for both of them. And so it's been really fun to connect with them on their, on their competition level. So in sports and in school and in life, um, because I get it. I totally get it and I get them. So being able to relate to them on that level and then, wow, we have, we're pretty, pretty alike in this has been so fun just being their big sister and being their biggest cheerleader. 
And just for clarity, you have six of your 10 in the influencing domain. Yeah. Do you want me to go over my top five? Oh, I've, well, I'm sure you, I reckon you you can rattle them off pretty easily. Yeah. I have competition, activator, communication, strategic, and achiever. And then my six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 are woo, significance, focus, futuristic, and self-assurance. And if you had to really claim one of those, let's say you're going to get a tattoo down your arm. Mm-hmm. Which one is the one that you just um, totally have embraced the most? Communication, for sure. And what has that meant for you and why that one? For me, using I do have competition as number one, which is uh, just like a measuring stick in my life, I guess you could say. I can't help it. It's like a blessing and a curse, I guess. (laughs) But what's really awesome and why I really owned communication was that I was able to use my drive to compete um, in the communication realm. So growing up, I did competitions um, that were poetry out loud or speech and debate or mock trial, which is in a courtroom. Mm -hmm. And from there, realized my love for communicating and public speaking and storytelling and really since then have taken every opportunity at my feet to communicate, whether it's written um, on video, speaking like what I'm doing right now or on a stage. And it's really given me, I I guess, purpose in life. So I think that's why I own that one the most. So I have communication in my top five and how it can trip me up is sometimes I don't have my words in the right order. Mm. because I'm so keen to get them out. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm, I'm actually still developing the thought as the words are coming out. And whether that's a raw application or a basement application of communication, that's something that happens for me. I wonder if that's something that still, you know, at times has tripped you up as well. Oh, yes. So growing up, I was called a motor mouth. Like I would speak so fast. People couldn't understand me. Um, but I've definitely learned to slow it down from my parents. So my mom and dad would say, if I was talking too fast, they'd say, slow it down, <laughs> just like that. And what I would say, definitely relatable. I can relate to a thousand percent. And what's that meant for me is just slowing down my thought process and slowing down the words coming out of my mouth, especially when I'm on stage. Or, you know, if I have a mic in my hand and I'm presenting, it's very easy for me to want to just talk, talk, talk as fast as I can. And so taking those mental notes of pause, mm-hmm. take a step. I literally have to write it down in my notes. That's yeah. how fast I want to talk. <laughs> I, I hear you. And, and particularly when you get excited and it's like, yes. oh, I'm so passionate about this. So I just want everyone to know I've got to get it out there. Actually, yes. maybe I should slow down a little. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. No, I totally, I totally can relate because, um, I think in, in back in high school, like school presentations and stuff like that, the notes that I'd always get where you spoke so fast, like I only got half of what you said. Yeah. So can I just check your school that you went to? So middle school, high school, were they strengths-based or, or more traditionally uh, teaching students? So here's the thing. I went to, I was homeschooled K through sixth. So I definitely had a strength-based approach to childhood and my up, 
upbringing. Middle school and high school were a public school setting. However, in high school, my counselor who helped me make my school schedule was very, now in retrospect looking back, very strength-based. I talked to her about where, where I was struggling, what I was good at, what I wanted to do more of, and that was be very beneficial for me. Mm. That, and it was that a approach that everyone was able to do with that counselor or is that something specific and that some students could do? Oh, that was, I, that was definitely her approach. Um, so for example, she would um, encourage me to go into advanced placement for English and history, like things I was naturally good at, and then would help me overcome those things that I struggled with and not make me feel dumb about it. Like, you're, mm. this isn't your strong suit. That's okay. You're really good at this. But this, okay, maybe you need this or that. So she never tried to make me do advanced math because I'm, I'm not good at it. I would just struggle. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she never tried to force me to do something that um, I wasn't good at. And in my mind, she definitely was looking at my strengths going, wow, Sierra, you're really good at leadership or public speaking or writing and seeing that in me and pointing it out and encouraging me to go into those advanced placement courses or those extracurricular activities that, um, I questioned. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. yeah, and she actually, okay, can I go into a little story about yeah, please, this counselor? Yes. So I know in the, uh, the very first story I told on this podcast was about leadership. Um, and the road to getting those leadership positions did not come easy to me. So my parents actually wrote a book called Play to Their Strengths. And in chapter five, they highlight um, this road to leadership they call it Sierra's tale, but I'll go ahead and, and share it really quick with you guys. So when I was in eighth grade going into my freshman year in high school, um, I ran for freshman class president and I thought I had it in the bag because I was already on leadership. I had so many friends and I was so confident and I lost mm. and I was devastated. I was crying. I was embarrassed. And I was like, how do I even go to high school? I lost the election. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, it's the end of the world. Um, but freshman year came and went. And at the end of freshman year um, came election time for sophomore year. And I couldn't, I was very nervous to put myself back out there for fresh, for sophomore class president because I had lost freshman class president. So I thought, okay, no one that I knew of was running for sophomore treasurer which is the person who handles money, which mind you, I'm not good at math. So I don't even know why I chose this. <laughs> I'm not good with money, but I ran against um, a gentleman named Pranav and I'm like, I don't even know who Pranav is. So I'm going to win. I got this in the bag and I was very confident and put up posters all over the school and campaigned my booty off and gave the best speech I've ever given. And I thought, Oh, I was waiting. So they announced it over the school announcements. Yeah and the winners for this year's election. And when I didn't hear my name, oh. I shrunk in my seat and started crying. Cause mind you like competition's number one for me. So yeah, this was yeah. like, this was like ultimate humiliation. So the end of sophomore year comes around and it's time to run for junior year. <laughs> and so I run for junior year class president because the girl that was running, I just had it in the back of my head that I could beat her. Like I was like, oh, I could, I could beat her. And man, I campaigned like I'd never campaigned before. I mean, t-shirts, 
handing out stickers, posters. I put my name everywhere. I chalk, I drew chalk my name all over the school in front of every door, vote for Sierra. <laughs> I mean, I went all out. My okay. name, I couldn't okay. miss it. And so can I just, uh, just pause for a minute. So it sounds like from freshman to sophomore to junior, each year you're just going, right, I'm going to step up my campaign. I'm going to step yes. up every time. I kept on thinking maybe I'm not campaigning enough. <laughs> it's okay. not me. It's, it's my name. Maybe they just, maybe they just don't know. And what happened was, is I lost and by that point, my parents were like, oh my goodness, this is eating her up inside. She's mm. coming home crying. She's spending all of her own money on all this campaigning and it's just, it's killing her. And so they tell me I can't run ever again. They're trying to spare me the humiliation. And I'm like, what? In my mind, I'm like, you're telling me to quit. And so elections roll around at the end of junior year and I, and I'm talking to my counselor and I'm like, I really want to run, but my parents won't let me cause I've lost every year. And she was the one, the same counselor where I said, yeah. kind of knew my strengths and really cared about me as a person. She goes, let me talk to your parents because you would be an amazing leader. You just need to get the chance to do it. And you, um, you would be great and you shouldn't let any of these setbacks get in your way. And so she talks to my parents and I beg my parents and sure enough, they let me run because they have to sign off. They have to give me permission. Yeah, yeah, of course. And so I put on one heck of a campaign, but guess what I realized? It wasn't that people didn't know my name. It was that people weren't going to the voting booth, mm. if that makes sense. It does. So instead of like hiding in a room on election day, scared, instead I got out there and I talked to everyone and said, hey, even if you don't vote for me, go out and vote. This is great training for when we're adults in the real world and that we need to go out and vote. If anything, go vote. I encourage you to go vote. And I went to probably every single person and just encouraged them to be a good citizen and to go vote. And guess what? That year I won the election. <laughs> Woo. Woo. And it totally, totally, totally gave me the opportunity to step into mm. a huge a huge leadership position that really, really was really helpful for me in my personal growth. So that was an awesome, awesome opportunity. So would you do it any different if you could thinking about where you are now and that lesson you got, mm -hmm. would you do it any different? I, I wouldn't. I think that losing a couple of years in a row taught me humiliate humility. Mm -hmm. Um, I was a very, I, I have self-assurance in my top 10. I'm very confident, but I also have significance. So not winning definitely dented that significance, right? It made me, it hurt my ego, but I think that that was very important for me to learn at a young age that it's not all about you and that sometimes you will fail and that you got to keep trying again and that losing and winning isn't everything in life. And really taking a chance to look back and going, okay, what can I learn from the failure? You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. um, I just watched a um, speech by a lady and she super duper inspired me and was so relatable to me because she ran for um, the Miss USA pageant over and over and over again and lost every year and then finally won. And I was like, oh, I can relate to you on a much smaller scale. But what I think it really taught me was that if you just don't do something, then you're going to have to live with regret. 
Yeah. And always wonder what would have happened if I would have won, what would I've learned or what could I have accomplished? So I think it definitely taught me to just face your fears, to move on from your failures and learn from your failures. So it's definitely so how, a big moment. How did you keep going? Because I can imagine lots of people when they face that failure and mm -hmm. they give up, mm -hmm. how mm -hmm. did you keep going? I think what, why I kept going is, um, I know at the very beginning of this podcast, I'd mentioned a purpose driven life mm. and I, I just knew that I, I could, I could be, or had the potential to be a great leader and to lead effectively and strong. And I also knew that if I would give up and not do it, I'd be missing out on that opportunity. And I'm, I'm the type of person that likes to be a part of something bigger than myself. And I love to give back and to serve. And that was my whole mindset behind it. And I think that that was what kept on urging me or propelling me to run and run and run after loss, after loss. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also think like you've explored is the power of knowing your strengths and who you are definitely how they are guiding you and, and just part of the way you show up at at your best and also at your worst. So I just want to check in where some of your relationship building talents lie, because I'm wondering if you've explored when you're applying those influencing talents at the top mm -hmm. and then it feels like I'm just connecting with people at a high level, but not really at a deeper level where those relationship building talents can really help you. And I wonder mm -hmm. if that's what you start to change to get that success in your senior, senior year election. That is actually exactly what I began because it, I have woo in my top 10. So the whole win others over and being outgoing um, and just meeting new people. I was fearless in meeting new people and, and, you know, telling them to vote for me. But I think it was just being more intentional with my interactions definitely helped me. Mm. A lot. Yeah. And like I said, they're just asking people to vote. And I think it was at the end of the day when I was saying, you know, you don't even need to vote for me. It's not even about that anymore. I would just really appreciate it if you just went to the voting booth. And that was something that freshman me would have never said. I would have been like, you better go up there and check my name on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> I was so cocky. I was like, I'm the best leader. I know what I'm doing. The other person doesn't know what they're doing. And then by the time I got to senior year and I was like, hey, my opponents are awesome they have a lot going for them. So if you want to vote for them or you want to vote for me, um, and, and I think just changing that approach was a definite game changer. Yeah. And, um, what I'm just hearing through that is your understanding of your own ego and how we can be driven by our egos and that, uh, that need to be safe and to be loved. But how do you mm -hmm. balance that with the bigger purpose and the bigger message that you want to share? Right. Right. Exactly. And so, you what you talk about leader and becoming a better leader if you were to describe great leadership from what you experienced in your senior year and plus uh, since then what do you think makes a great leader okay so i'm going to pull in something that you and i talked about earlier and that is captain america thank you, <laughs> thank you. Yes. So you and I both have a mutual um, agreement that Captain America is one of our favorite superheroes. Now let's, let's be honest, the best. He's the best and he is such a great leader. And I just want to pull from all the things that I see in him. And in my mind, all the things that make a great leader is someone who's um, 
has integrity, is humble, is kind, realizes the strengths and abilities of a team, and understands how to effectively deploy those into action to get the results necessary for, for the greater good. And I think that that's what makes a good leader, and Cabs in America is a great, great example. I agree with you on all levels, as you know, and um, I think that those elements of leadership around Yes, strengths-based approach, what do I see in each person? But also, like you said, and your lesson that you got around how you tailor that and how you um, approach people differently to mm -hmm. A, connect with them, but B, create the opportunities for them to use what they bring. Right, right. And, and I feel like that never stops. Like, not, it's not just when you're in leadership. You know what I mean? It's, mm. it's in every aspect of life. For me right now, I'm working, um, like my day job, my nine to five job is I'm working at a software company called Assured Certificates. And I work with programmers and even just my big outgoing bubbly personality, learning how to use that and navigate that in the insurance space and also in the programmer space. You know what I mean? Like just adapting and learning. Um, is i mean you use that in any role in life yeah and you are spot on that everyone is a leader everyone can lead themselves and lead others it's not about a title right, um, right. and i uh, you would be such an asset to that company what has it been like now um with that strengths-based approach to life as an as an adult okay so I very in my mind I put my life into like different sectors right I can't help it and so I have my marriage I'm married to my husband Adam and we actually have our strengths magneted up on our fridge so that way we're both aware and never forget <laughs> okay this is what you bring to the table this is what you bring to the relationship but at the same time this is how we're very different and to better understand each other so it's definitely helped my marriage as an adult um, it's helped Adam and I we relate to each other a lot better on a, on a relational level, but also in the workforce. So just knowing um, what I'm good at and what I bring to the table to a company. And actually when I approached the CEO of the software company that I'm working for, uh, it was, I was straight out of college, needed, needed a full-time job, wanted to stay out here in Orange County. And so I actually scheduled a meeting with him and I brought my top 10 strengths and wrote a, wrote a little description about each strength, about how it applies to me. And we just went over them at the meeting and he was like, okay, I think that you'd be great at sales and marketing. And we just started to talk about that and it was so organic and natural. And I was like, yeah, I think I would really enjoy that. And da, 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 da. Um, and now in the role that I'm in now, I get to um, do the sales aspect, which is introduce the product to people and see if it'd be a good fit for their company, but also the ongoing relationship aspect and helping them in, um, you know, in their everyday life. So it's definitely played a big role in work as well. Yeah, I can, I can I see how the approach of that CEO is what we need more of in organizations where we are trying to find a role that matches someone's strengths, not right. the other way around. Here's a role, here's a job description. Now let's try and squeeze someone into that. <laughs> right, or try to make someone do a job that they naturally are not going to be the best at. <laughs> Yeah, so that, that is so good. Now, I want to ask, where do you see yourself in 10 years' time? Ooh, okay, so I have futuristic, so I dream about the future 
all the time. And so I can very vividly tell you <laughs> where I see myself in my 30s. So I see myself living up in Sacramento near my family, owning a home, having a couple kids, and um, working, you know, I could see myself working multiple different jobs, but most importantly, I see myself um, being a traveling speaker, speaking at, you know, different events or conferences or conventions and just inspiring and encouraging people. Uh, and, and I can see that. I've seen you on stage and you did a fantastic job. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot, though. If I could give you a billboard on the side of the road and everyone in the world was going to drive past that billboard and mm -hmm. see that message, and it's your message, what's the billboard that you're going to have on the side of the road that the whole population of the earth is driving past? What's it going to say? Oh, my goodness. Okay, that is so hard because I have so many different things swirling in my mind that you are have very a important. Of billboards to me. down the street, maybe. Right. <laughs> I would say one of them is because I I wouldn't I honestly wouldn't I love to encourage others. So honestly, on my billboard that I would that I would want on on to to like show everyone in the world would just be a little dose of encouragement. Like something as simple as don't worry, be happy or something like you're awesome, go kill it today or something like you have amazing gifts and talents, go sh give them to the world or something like that. Um, like did even you, on the bumper you, stickers on my car say stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> they literally do. <laughs> did you have an affirmation or a prayer in your teenage years that you would go back to at times to help keep your motivation and keep you focused? So for me, I'm, I'm naturally a very positive, optimistic thinker mm. and I, I naturally revert any negativity into the glass half full or, okay, where can I see the light in this? And even in like the darkest times or when things are going bad, I just, I'm, a woman of faith. So I'm a Christian and I just revert back to all things work together for good mm -hmm. and his perfect love casts out all fear. And so that those mess messages like that have really helped me get through those tough times of, okay, don't be fearful of the future. Don't be fearful of what's to come. And also just everything's going to work out. The end will be good. Whatever's to come will be good. So keeping that mindset definitely ever since I've been young. Fantastic. And, and I love that, that, um, faith has been part of your fabric to help you um, build that resiliency, but also be more of who you are as well. Um, but right. just want to check if you do come into contact with someone that is the, let's say the opposite in that mindset and mm -hmm. they are in their pit, they're like, Oh, it's the, <laughs> I have a sibling. I have a couple siblings like that. <laughs> oh, really? Let's, let's, not, let's not name names. Um, no, we aren't. We aren't. We aren't. But I can't. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. So how, how does that, how do you manage the, the connection mm -hmm. or the interaction with that person when that's what they bring to the equation? So I actually had to get coached on this by my father because I, when I was younger, I had no idea how to let someone feel what they needed to feel. 
Mm. I would automatically go, it's going to be okay. It's going to get better. Don't worry. Life's great. Look at the sun shining. And I, I quickly get over things and my dad helped me realize, okay, some people don't quickly get over things and they're going to take your optimism as fake and ingenuine. And some people just need you to, to, to be there and to listen or to just try to relate to them the best you can. And so I have to try, like it's something I have to, like what you said about slowing down when you speak, it's something that I have to tell myself on the inside, okay, let them feel, let them be down in the dumps or even just encourage them, but don't force it upon them. It's all about, I'm learning as I get older, it's all about your approach. Yeah. No, and I, I totally hear you on that as well. Um, and I think that that awareness of how we show up and I loved how your, your description earlier of your interaction with your friend on 4th of July and mm -hmm. the power of the pause. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I don't know when I learned that, but certainly that, that it may even be a few seconds or it could be a bit longer and a bit of preparation. But when we pause before we go into some of those uh, interactions and set ourselves for, um, for success by, well, what is it I'm really trying to achieve here? And, and what's the approach I need to take with this other person? Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so 10 years, a couple of children, and let's say the first one might get caught. You, know, you might name your child activator. Number two <laughs> going to be futuristic. You, you, you can't do that. Okay. Just as much yeah. as you love strengths, you got to like, no. don't, don't do that to them. Yeah. I also don't want to label them. I'd hate to, to get it wrong. I think that's, well, that is a really good point, isn't it? That strengths aren't labels, are they? Mm -mm. I don't believe that they are. So how do you, um, how do you just to finalize a bit of discussion with, mm -hmm. um, your husband, how do you see the daily interactions around knowing each other's strengths? How does that help you around, for example, if you're planning a vacation or you're organizing things around the house, how does that strengths insight help you? Okay. So one thing that you both have in common is that Adam's number two is relater. That's the best strength, by the way. <laughs> so for him, quality time with his close friends and family is very important. Where for me, going out and meeting new people and partying up and having fun is more something I'd rather do. Where he'd rather just have one buddy over and... So that's where we differ a lot. So letting, giving each other space for that is very important. Because we're young, you know, like it's, we have a lot of life to live but it's just realizing that's a value for him that's really important for him and um another another strength that um we have that's similar is that we both have strategic in our top five mm -hmm. and so when you mentioned like planning the vacations we both are very strategic about it i mean we're talking um to he literally the fun, the thing that's so funny to me is that he literally called me today while i was at work to talk about planning vacations because he didn't go into work till later so he was planning vacations <laughs> he was planning vacations this afternoon how funny nice. um and for him it's all about okay the time the weather the location the varying costs depending on the time of year. Like he's very strategic with how he plans things. And so am I. So we collaborate a lot when we plan vacations. Yeah. And, and I don't know if your dad has shared this with you. What I've seen with a lot of couples is they have uh, a couple of their top five are similar. 
or mm -hmm. the same and then they have a, a two or three which are contrasting yes that's that's adam and i to a t we both have woo and we both have strategic but my top two are competition and activator and his top two are indiv individualization and relator which are so different yeah super different <laughs> um sierra i've absolutely loved your stories your insights of what it's been like to grow up with a strengths focus from a young age from 12 and how it's helped you in your success um, through schools with your friends your leadership journey um, with your partner with your family it's been so insightful um, thank you so much yes thank you so much for having me it's been so fun sharing with you today yeah and i know you have a message for people um, on the stage as you see yourself in the future doing and i know you're doing more of that now and i think that um the the challenge which you can help people with is that understanding of strengths early in life is so powerful i think quite often people start to invest in their personal development when they're in their you know the 30s or 40s or even some midlife crisis or it might be something that is provided to them through their employment through their organization but right. the sooner we do that and create environments for those people that we are interacting with or raising as parents it's so powerful i completely agree that's why um i'm so thankful for my parents book just to enable and equip parents to help their their children understand their strengths it's such a great and exciting thing it is such a great book as well and i'll make sure there's a link to play to their strengths in the podcast notes which is now available where all good books are sold um so yeah check that out definitely now sierra i also want to ask and you have given me a definition but i want to know what is on your mind right now for your definition of inspired energy my definition of inspired energy is someone who works with purpose and passion so they aren't they aren't just going through the motions of life they're doing something for a reason and for an outcome and for the greater good love it thank you so much and yes. if people want to find you online if they want to connect with you where's the best place to find you you can find me on social media at sierra tyler on all social media platforms and you can find me on my website sierratyler.com and that's c-i-e-r-a-t-y-l-e-r.com fantastic i'll make sure there's links to those also in the show notes and if you have got some inspiration some insight some thoughts out of our conversation this amazing conversation with sorry, with sierra today please share that on social media make sure you tag sierra and myself and use the hashtag inspired energy uh, again, thank you so much for your time, for your, for your energy. You've got awesome energy that you bring to your conversations. It's been great. <laughs> thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Yep. Thank you so much. Have an awesome weekend and everyone see you on the next episode. Bye. Mm, bye.